Hello, everyone, and welcome into School Safety Today, a podcast from Raptor Technologies. I'm your host, Tyler Kern. Thanks so much for joining us here for this episode of the show. April is Volunteer Appreciation Month, and so we wanted to express our appreciation to volunteers here on the podcast this month, but also take a look at the organizing efforts that goes into this and talk to someone who is intimately involved in this process. And so we're thrilled to welcome on the podcast, Chris Robison. She's the Volunteer Program Supervisor at Lake Washington School District. Chris, welcome on the podcast. Thanks so much for joining us. Thank you for having me, Tyler. Absolutely. Well, with this month being Volunteer Appreciation Month, I want to focus on that aspect of your particular role. And so let's start with a little bit uh, with an overview of your experience there at Lake Washington School District's Volunteer Program. What's the high-level structure of the program? Can you kind of break that down for us? Sure. Thanks, Tyler. So our district has 30, 000, over 30,000 students. We encompass three cities, Redmond, Kirkland and Sammamish, Washington. And we decided many years ago to have a centralized volunteer processing system. So our online volunteer application through Raptor is integrated with our Washington State Watch background program. So once those applications have been processed, then the uh, applicants have been notified that they're approved. The schools all have access to a list that tells them who the approved volunteers are, and then they can they know who they can uh, recruit and who can come in and help with volunteering. That's that's really really great stuff. So tell me a little bit more about the role that that volunteers play in the school district's objectives and and, and how crucial they really are to to achieve uh, achieving these objectives. Well, as one of my principals recently said, the volunteers really add the bells and whistles to our schools. They help in a variety of ways. Obviously, the math and the reading is essential. They do come in as art docents. They uh, come in uh, to help with mentoring programs. Uh, one of my favorite uh, programs where we do have a lot of volunteers is called Salmon in the Classroom. And I don't know if you know, but salmon uh, is very near and dear to those of us who live in the Seattle area. We have salmon in the fall who come up our streams, they lay their eggs, and then in the spring, uh, they're heading back into uh, the oceans. And in our classrooms, we have uh, some fish tanks. And in the fall, they get little fish eggs and uh, we have volunteers come in and help the students take care of the tanks, take care of the little salmon eggs. And um, as they grow and evolve into, um, or hatch, and then evolve into little fry, the volunteers are there with the students. And then in the spring, they go and they release the salmon into the creeks. And it's a very, very volunteer heavy activity and it's just near and dear to all of our students hearts and it's just a great program and in terms of um, helping with the district's mission obviously we want our kids to graduate to be uh, future ready and be able to contribute to our societies so we want them to be successful and the volunteers being there every step of the way with academics with enrichment programs really do help to achieve that mission. 
That's a that's a great point, and you're absolutely right. The activities like that really build into the fabric of of the community, and and you're you're 100 right about. It. And I loved hearing a little bit more about uh, the involvement there of volunteers. So, from from your experience and what you've seen, what are some of the elements of success in building and maintaining a strong volunteer program? What what all goes into that? Yeah, so I think the the first step is obviously you have to have a clear purpose. In in our case, it's obviously to support the students and the schools and help them succeed. The second step is communi- communicating opportunities to the volunteers. You have to be able to find the volunteers. So obviously in schools, we have teachers who at the classroom level can let their parents know what they need. Uh, they need the help in the reading or the math. We have very um, active PTSA um, groups, our parent, teacher, school, uh, student associations, and they also have programs, enrichment programs that they sponsor. So they need to communicate out to their volunteers what they need. And then at the district level, sometimes we have other programs that are more district-wide, and that's where I can come in and communicate with our volunteers to make sure um, that we recruit enough volunteers for the program or event that we're trying to hold. Uh, Once we get that information out, we need the volunteers to be able to sign up. We need to know uh, who can come at what time and just make sure we have enough people covering all the different shifts. Um, Once they're there, obviously, we need to have clear guidelines for how they need to help out. We need to be organized and ready for them to be able to volunteer. And then providing clear goals and understanding uh, also helps the volunteer be set up for success in what they're helping. And then the final one is volunteer appreciation, as we are now in April to thank the volunteers uh, for their time and their dedication, in our case, to our school districts and to the success of our students. Absolutely. No, that I think that's very, very well put. You know, and and you mentioned just the um, the effort of making sure that everyone is signed up and all the everything that goes into that process. And you know, some of your programs have very specific purposes and require specific skill sets from your volunteers, which I think is is really interesting, but also really great to be able to use the skill sets that your volunteers have. But how do you manage all of that? You know, ensuring quality volunteers, creating positive student experiences, and maintaining a culture of school safety. That's that's a lot to take on. How, how do you manage all of those things? Well, there, there are two programs that I would specifically like to talk about. One is our Lunch Buddy program. This is a program in our elementary schools where the, uh, mem- the community members come in and we match them one-on-one with an elementary student. And obviously this volunteer has gone through the application process. They have been screened through our our background process. And they also go through a two hour orientation and they are given uh, just some high level information on basic mentoring uh, programs and resources and tools to become a better mentor. And then they meet with the student once a week uh, for the for the school year, we do have a school site coordinator who is also monitoring these interactions between the student and the mentor, and we've just found this to be a very successful program. The students really 
appreciate that this one person, this one volunteer is at the school solely for them every single week. And then obviously the, the volunteer, the mentor really uh, develops a relationship with the student. Uh, the other program that we have is called AVID and it is a national program that we're running mainly in our middle schools and high schools. Again, these mentors go through the same volunteer application process, but they also go through an orientation or training that is four to six hours. And once they've completed that training, they come into the schools. It is a classroom period, so it is during the school. So we do have a staff member there on site during the class. And these mentors work with small groups of students uh, through this very specific uh, process and procedure that AVID lays out to help our students um, succeed, uh, help them learn how to learn is essentially what, what this program is and gives them some really good skills and resources. That's that's really excellent. And I, I love learning about those programs and some of the things that, that you're doing and uh, how you're managing all of these different uh, aspects of things, I think is really incredible. And, you know, getting to be on the front lines, I'm sure, is, uh, is a rewarding aspect of what you do, getting to see how these volunteers uh, get to interact and make a difference with these students. But for you, what's the most rewarding aspect for you in managing your district's uh, volunteer program? What's your favorite part about that? Well, generally, I'm I'm sort of behind the scenes. I'm I'm the person people come to to help with processing volunteer applications or recruiting, and uh, it's not uncommon for a frantic parent to call me in the morning and say, "I'm so sorry, I forgot to put in my volunteer application, and the field trip is leaving at nine o'clock in the morning. My kid is really looking forward to me uh, for me to be able to go." can you help me? And luckily I'm in a position where I can help them. I can expedite their application and I can make sure that they can go on this field trip. And it makes me feel so good that I know I've made the parents day because they can go. And obviously I've made the students day because now they have their parents there to go to the zoo or wherever it is the field trip is going. But at another um, kind of a different situation this year is during the pandemic, our school district did host several vaccine clinics. And I was asked to recruit and organize the volunteers for these clinics. And it was a, a pretty monumental task. And uh, I got the opportunity to be on site, to meet the volunteers, to organize, to uh, just see how the whole process was going. And it was very rewarding to me that some of the volunteers actually came up to me and thanked me for reaching out and asking to help because they felt this was a really worthwhile thing to do to vaccinate our community and our students. And it, it, everybody left feeling good about being there. Yeah, that's that's a fantastic example just of, of, you know, volunteers in the community pitching in to make a difference and keeping people safe and healthy during this time. I think that's a that's a great example, Chris, and, and a fantastic one to share here on the podcast. And I'm curious, just from your perspective and from your experience in, in doing what you've done now with the volunteer program there, what are one or two things that you think that, that school leaders anywhere could do to support a robust volunteer program in their particular districts? Well, I think... I think the main thing is actually finding volunteers 
figuring mm. out how, how to recruit them. Um, I, I love the story of how I got involved in volunteering. My older son was in first grade and I was mingling out, out front of school one day with some friends and a PTSA member approached me and said, hey, Chris, I think you would be perfect to sell school sweatshirts. How would you like to help me sell school sweatshirts? Well, it's very hard to say no to someone who's asking you a direct question like that. <laughs> so uh, that year I sold sweatshirts. The following year I sold t-shirts and sweatshirts. The year after that, I, be I was in charge of the whole school fundraising program. The following year I was then the vice president on the PTSA board for school fundraising. And then I became PTSA president. And this was all because that one person came up to me that one day and asked me if I would sell school sweatshirts. So if you have the direct ask, you tell people why you think they'll be so good at this, at helping in this way, and you've got them. And once you've got them, it's easier to keep them. <laughs> That's a, that's a great way to put it, you know, and, and, you know, I, I'm, I'm sure the person that asked you that one time couldn't have never foreseen the difference that you would end up making in this particular area, but you're absolutely right that, you know, you get somebody into, you know, volunteering and get them into this sort of program. And all of a sudden you have someone who could potentially be there for a while and make a huge difference in the lives of students and in volunteers. And so it's, it's an incredible example and great to see. Absolutely. Yeah. That, that really changed changed how I approached uh, going to school every day. I was always looking for opportunities after that to really make a difference for my kids and for the whole school. Yeah, that's that's fantastic. I, I love I love hearing about that. And just this, what a great example. And so, uh, Chris, as we begin to wrap up our conversation here today, it's been a blast getting a chance to talk to you about these things. Any final thoughts that you want to share uh, with folks out there, either with volunteers or with school districts? Uh, the floor is yours just for any final thoughts. Anything else you want to share here on the podcast today? Well, I think, you know, you hit it uh, just a little while ago. We We've talked all about appreciating volunteers, but um, we don't tend to talk about why people volunteer. Mm. And I think it, in our school district, obviously, we have a lot of parent volunteers who are there to support their students, um, but also they, they share their talents in so many other ways to enrich all of the students at the school. But we also have a lot of community members who have no ties to our school, and they want to get involved also to help, to feel useful, and they're also looking for connection. And I think that's really important to keep that in mind is they want that sense of community and that sense of connection. And volunteering, it's a win-win situation. It's great for the volunteer and it's great for the program or event that they're helping. Excellent stuff. Absolutely. Having a strong why behind why you're doing what you're doing is always important for, for a lot of different reasons and for a lot of different walks of life and areas of life. But that, this is an especially important one. And so I'm glad that you brought that up. That was a really, really great way to tie a bow on the end of this podcast. Chris Robinson, Volunteer Program Supervisor for the Lake Washington School District. Chris, thank you so much for joining us here on the School Safety Today podcast and sharing a little bit more about your experience and your expertise uh, from, from being involved in this area. We appreciate it very much. Thanks for having me, Tyler.
Absolutely. And everyone out there, thank you for joining us for this episode as well. Happy Volunteer Appreciation Month. We hope that you're all enjoying the month of April. And thank you again for tuning into this episode of the podcast. Of course, for more, you can always head to Apple and Spotify to uh, to stay up to date and subscribe to the latest episodes of the podcast. Uh, that's the best way to stay in touch and to make sure that you get every episode of the School Safety Today podcast right there on your device. And stay tuned. We'll be back soon with more episodes of the show. But for this one, for my excellent guest today, Chris Robinson, I've been your host. Tyler Kern. Thanks for joining us.